0: Welcome to another episode of the Coal Region Campfire. Sorry, I missed a couple of weeks there. Uh, just had to get some people scheduled. But we are back uh, this week with Lori from a coal cracker in the kitchen, giving us a little quick history and um, some of our favorite recipes. Make sure you go to her Facebook page and uh, like it. Um, but before we get to Lori, uh, we need to hear from our sponsor, our charter member sponsor, you hear me open up the uh, page there, um, Darren D- Darren J. March. He's a certified financial planner at Raymond James. He has been advising clients for more than 18 years in Northeastern PA. You know, he specializes in retirement planning. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing. You know how it is. You have any retirement questions, give them a call, 570-640-8010 or darren.march at raymondjames.com. Raymond James, uh, financial services member of FINRA SIPC, investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. That one I need need to read, but I'm not going to give the uh, the whole reading because you guys know the routine now. If you have any retirement questions, give them a call, email them. Um, Other thing too, thank you guys for watching uh, the Latin Fish Dinner Reviews. Uh, I see you guys have been listening to on the podcast. I'll make sure that I put that out uh, weekly. I think we have two or three weeks left. Um, But that is it. Rate us, tell your friends, and keep the uh, good word going. And now on to Lori. So Lori... I see. You know, I came across uh, when I was digging up some stuff on Facebook, and I came across a, a coal cracker in the kitchen, and I automatically knew that I had to uh, see if I could get you on. Um, so, kind of just take us through how you started it. Um, I mean, you have a you have a huge following online, and uh, I always see the pictures of the of the meals and the different recipes you post. So that definitely uh, grabs people's attention.
1: Right. Right. Well, I actually started it, believe it or not, back in 2010. And I was in New Hampshire at the time. We had moved away from the coal region. I was born and raised in the coal region, Schuylkill County, Uh, lived there for 40 years, and my husband's job took us to New Hampshire. And I was having pangs of being homesick, but I didn't particularly uh, follow through on too much. I had other things going on. I was Doing the, uh, a, farmer's market, a local farmer's market, I was the manager, and I had lots of other things happening. So I kind of dabbled a little bit in posting some recipes, but I more or less focused on my other page, which was actually a tribute to anthracite miners, which was the history of the coal region, focusing more on Schuylkill County, a lot of pictures, a lot of the ethnic connections. A lot of uh, pictures of collaries, things like that. Mm -hmm. And about four years ago, um, I was ill, and I actually wound up with a below-the-knee amputation. It kind of changed everything in my life, and I really, really got homesick. I didn't have my friends there for support, and I just found that I was not happy in New Hampshire, and I wanted to come home. So kind of because I was pining away for home, I started to put more time into the anthracite Miners page, and then I started to put some recipes on it. So the actual recipes were more on that page than on a coal cracker in the kitchen itself. Okay. So the one day I thought, well, maybe I'll cross post to the other page and get a little more... Um, information, get a little more interest in it, and that was kind of the key. When I cross-posted some recipes to the Pennsylvania Anthracite Miners page on Facebook, I started getting a lot more likes and follows. So at that point, I thought, well, gee, maybe I'll concentrate a little more on the recipe section. In the meantime, we decided we'd had enough in New Hampshire. We were coming home. And I left everything go for a little while. And once we got settled here, which was um, in July, August of last year, I started to focus more on the connection of being home. Mm-hmm. I felt home. I felt more interest in everything. I had more time. I put a lot of things off my plate that I had been doing in New Hampshire. And I started to focus on a coal cracker in the kitchen. At that point, it started to just, pick up, (laughs) and it kind of amazed me because I thought, oh, my gosh, I didn't know there were that many coal region folks and coal crackers who were feeling their roots and wanted to be home and really appreciated the recipes. Started to get a lot of messages from people, oh, my gosh, my mom made this, my Nana made this, I can't believe it, I never wrote the recipe down, you have no idea how happy you made me. And it just seemed to climb from there. So I started to try to post two to three recipes a week. Mm-hmm. I try to focus on traditional foods that you find in the coal region. And then I started to add um, history of the foods to the posts. I started to add some personal information to the posts how they affected me, how I remembered being with my mom in our kitchen and her making these things. Um, my dad was uh, involved in coal all his life. Well, he, he and my, both my grandfathers were bootleg miners. So I am literally a coal miner's daughter. <laughs> and he, when he retired from actually being in the mines, due to a very severe accident he had, he started to drive truck. He had his own um, tractor trailer, and he hauled coal. So a lot of these things my mom would make while she waited for my dad to come home. And I would get so excited, he'd pull in and I would ride in the truck up to the top of the driveway while he parked. And then I had a lot of people say, my gosh, did you grow up in my house? (laughs) Because it sounds so much like my home. So it just kind of really took off from there. And I'd say it's really blossomed in the past three or four months.
0: Absolutely. So what have you found... uh What's your favorite? I mean, do you have a favorite coal region recipe that you kind of go to, you make, make a lot at home or something you yearn for when you were away?
1: Well, believe it or not, one of the most simple things that I always liked and I've had it in my life forever is the typical Col region barbecue. The ground beef, the ketchup, the mustard, the vinegar, or the sugar. Um, it, it was one of the things I used to get hungry for, and it was one of the things I could make that I didn't need anything particular from the area that I could do in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. So I would do that. And, uh, of course, I always like to make huge pots of holoptes and freeze them, <clears> so <throat> we have them for the winter and um, pretty much things like that. I, I really do enjoy cooking things that I have the connection to. I like to try new recipes, too, but I really like the old standby, the comfort foods. And um, like I said, I focus a lot on the Schuylkill County and, of course, the coal region. Um, typical comfort foods. So uh, that's kind of my kind of my uh, repertoire. <laughs> now, where did you
0: grow up in Schuylkill County? What town?
1: I actually grew up outside of Tremont. Oh, so I'm okay. I'm from the western end of the county. Yeah, I was kind of on that dividing line of the eastern side of the county, which was a lot of Eastern European influence. And then the western side, which was Pennsylvania Dutch. Right. So I kind of had the benefit of, uh, of both worlds there as far as cuisines. My grandmother cooked a lot of Pennsylvania Dutch. She had the most amazing chow chow recipe. Um, so that was kind of my influence.
0: Yeah, I, I actually... Uh... I do Latin fish dinner reviews if uh, you can go to my Facebook page I don't know if you don't know if you saw them but uh, Tremont right now yep, is, is, is number one they they have the uh, best fish dinner um, you guys will get this I'm going to Montey city uh, tomorrow but um, yeah I, I was uh, I was I was blown away by how good the food was out there in terms of the the fish and the mac and cheese was was out of this world so uh, Tremont yeah Tremont yeah. not a very high visited place in the county, but I, I recommend people get out there for some good food.
1: <laughs> yeah, they've been doing that for a while, and they're very good at it, and they're very popular. So I'm kind of proud of them on that.
0: <laughs> now, what other, uh, so so you're saying, you know, Pennsylvania Dutch, um, and you're saying Eastern European. So you're saying uh, Polish, and, and what other uh, kind of ethnicities or contribute to the?
1: Lithuanian, yes. Lithuanian, Slovak, uh, German, because I am Pennsylvania Dutch, so um, I have a lot of German influence there. Of course, we love our cabbage and sauerkraut. Of course, that's Eastern European, sure. too. So um, uh, things like that. Uh, I haven't met anything with sauerkraut or cabbage I didn't like. Never met a dough ball I didn't like. <laughs> it's at uh, Pennsylvania Dutchy in me, I suppose.
0: Now, do you make, uh, like, I know you post recipes. How often do you cook at home yourself?
1: Um, Often. And I try to make sure that recipes I post, many of them were my mom's. In Mm -hmm. fact, they're in my mom's handwriting. Uh, They're tried and true recipes. A lot of them have a lot of mileage on them. It's not like I find a lot of times I'll pick up a cookbook and – I'll think I'll try something. And as I'm I'm looking at the ingredients, I'm thinking, um, something just feels like it's missing. And sure enough, you make it, and there is something that's just not right. Where these recipes are decades old and generations old and very true to what they are, so you're almost assured that it's going to come out the way it should if you follow the recipe properly. Mm-hmm. So those are the kind of things I like to concentrate on.
0: Now, what was your favorite food? Like, do, do you remember a, a block party or a firehouse or a church or anything growing up that, you know, there was a meal that you, you loved getting, you know, a certain time of year or, or, or every week or anything like that?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, block parties... Uh, all my favorite things, the block parties, and a lot of times, uh, local fire companies, uh, picnics and things like that, it was always the homemade pierogies. There just couldn't be the good homemade pierogi. Uh, the church ladies make them, fire companies make them, and I remember the um, times you would go to a um, a block party and you would see a line and it would be for the blinis, for the potato pancakes. Oh, sure, yeah. And you would so you would stand there and you would watch them frying, and I thought to myself, not too long ago, "Oh my gosh, I remember they used to have electric frying pans lined up, all plugged in, and <laughs> I'm amazed that the place didn't burn down. Uh, but you know, just to keep up with the volume, And bean soup. always bean soup if it was made in a big black hanging kettle. Oh, yeah, over Higgins, fire. That's the
0: best bean soup in the county.
1: With some beer, with some yinglings, that was the best.
0: <laughs> now, I'm, I'm Italian, so you know, when I eat pierogies, uh, my wife kind of looks at me like I'm like I'm a maniac. Uh, I, I put ketchup on them. Is that not that's not that's frowned upon?
1: Well, my husband does that, but my husband's a Yankee, okay, he's from the Boston area, all right. Um, I do that with deep fried ones, I never do that with the ones that are boiled with um, brown butter and onions, Nope, that's a no-no for okay. me. Right. However, ketchup, ketchup and mac and cheese, that's another story.
0: You could, you could put ketchup on mac and cheese, right? That's fine, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. See, in the Dutchy world, our holy trinity is salt, pepper, and ketchup. <laughs> so, like, we go for ketchup on everything.
0: <laughs> and what about bellinis? Could you put ketchup on that?
1: I don't. I, I love my applesauce and my sour cream. And of course, if they're really good and nice and crispy on the edges, nothing at all. No need to dress them up.
0: Now, when you were up in the, in the Boston area, did you, um, you know, I, I lived other places too and I never really saw like firehouses, for example. Maybe I just missed them. But like was there firehouses out there that had dinners like, and churches kind of like we do here or, or they just do it a little differently?
1: The Most of the fire companies, if they're volunteer, do not do the things to the extent that we have to do locally. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons for that is because they're funded differently. Sure. The taxes pay for the equipment. They don't do things like that. They'll have something maybe around the holidays, a party for the local kids or something like that. But it's definitely not like it is here in the coal region. Churches have some dinners but they're usually ham and bean or something like that. And they're rare. You don't get the Lenten fish fries for years. I didn't, couldn't get a good Lenten fish fry anywhere up there. Um, so it's definitely a different thing. And, And I felt like a fish out of water. I just didn't belong there. It just wasn't home and it was just so different. And the weather was harsh and, I just had this drive. I just needed that Pennsylvania connection. And the website helped me do that. And now that I'm back, I'm kind of like, yes, <laughs> I fulfilled, fulfilled my dream.
0: <laughs> what about a uh, tea berry? Have you ever come across the flavor tea berry outside the coal region?
1: Never, never. There. Well, I shouldn't say never. Very, very rarely someone will have heard of the gum. But ice cream, oh, my gosh. And it was the same with some of the things like um, I went to a restaurant one time, and I asked for dippy eggs, and they looked at me like I had three heads. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, yeah, uh, whoops, sorry about that. <laughs> so it was just a force of habit. You would do things or things that you were used to. there was, however, uh, a lot of carryover from some Pennsylvania Dutch things that had moved north. There were some people who were familiar with shoe fly pie. Okay, many people, of course, there are familiar with whoopie pies. Maine tries to claim that they are the inventor of whoopie pies. Is that not true? Um,
0: whoopie pies were invented in Pennsylvania Dutch.
1: Uh, to my knowledge, at least to my belief, okay. and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, there, they kind of knew about pork and sauerkraut, although it wasn't a big thing like it is here. You could get uh, pork and sauerkraut. You would see it together in the grocery stores sometimes around the beginning of the year. But other than that, it was pretty much, uh, yeah, you do your thing there and we do our thing here. And that was for the rollover. So there was a lot of foods I missed. Um, I was not close to the city, unfortunately, where I probably could have found good kielbasa and things like that. In Worcester, Mass., in Boston. We were up in New Hampshire. We were kind of in no man's land. Sure. <laughs> so it was very difficult. It was very difficult to find the comfort foods from here or even make them, right. even come up with the ingredients. Yeah.
0: Now, with uh, Easter coming up, what, uh, what meals are you looking forward to, to making?
1: Um, well, first of all, I always make my mom's recipe Easter eggs. And she would get fresh coconuts every year. Um, My poor dad would grate them, wind up with the scraped knuckles. And my mom made a peanut butter egg with coconut in it. And then she would dip them not in coating chocolate, the typical wafers that you get today, but she would use um, a good chocolate that you broke up, like a baking chocolate Uh with a little bit of paraffin wax in it. Uh And she would stick a toothpick in and dip them. And then she would fill the little hole every year with a little bit of chocolate. And she would have these all lined up. And every time I close my eyes and think of Easter, I think of all these Easter eggs lined up on cookie sheets on the table. Uh, The other thing I always make, I always have ham. I'm a great ham lover. Uh, And here we can get great ham. I couldn't get it in New Hampshire. Hmm. It was the commercial mass-produced stuff. It wasn't nicely smoked. It was terribly salted and full of water and just unpleasant. So I had skipped that for a long time. Um, I always make either potato filling or Pennsylvania Dutch bread filling. Those are my standbys. Other things, I kind of wing it, not sure, till kind of the last minute. Uh, depends on what my husband's hungry for. He kind of guides that a little bit. So uh, I'm definitely, uh, definitely the ham person. Now, I tend to go to more toward the Pennsylvania Dutch dinner. I don't usually do the kielbasi. Um I don't do things like that. I, I kind of stick to Pennsylvania Dutch for us.
0: Yeah, the, the Easter eggs, the chocolate ones, my mom will get me. I like the coconut and I like the buttercream. And what happens is I'll eat like 30 of them on Easter and then feel sick for about a week. And then I put, the there rest you the, go. <laughs> I put them in the freezer and then I'm eating them in like uh, October. I, I still will grab one because uh, they freeze really well yes. and they're good frozen. So they do.
1: They do. Yes. Now, my mom only ever made the one kind, which was kind of my favorite, but she put coconut in the peanut butter ones, but it was a fresh coconut, which amazed many people because I had a friend who detested coconut. Hmm. Yet when I gave her these eggs, she thought they were the best thing she ever had until I told her, and she was kind of like, oh, my goodness. But uh, it just added something, and it still was just her tradition. So I try to do that every year, although sometimes I do use the coating wafers instead of the other chocolate um, just because it's a little easier, and I'm okay for easy every once in a while. Sure. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you so much, Lori. This has definitely been uh, educational, and uh, people could find you a Coal Cracker in the Kitchen on Facebook, right? Is that, is that the proper uh, title there so they could search for you?
1: Yes. All if right. they're on Facebook at a Coal Cracker in the Kitchen and on the web at a com, and I just wanted to remind everyone that every recipe that posts to the Facebook page is also on the main website where it's very easy to print and search for the recipes rather than trying to scroll through all the posts on Facebook.
0: Have you, made a, have you turned this into a book yet?
1: I have not. That is my plan. I'm actually working on a cookbook. My husband has been encouraging me for years to put a cookbook together. Yeah, I think and that I would sell well. Well, I've, I've had a lot of people. I actually have been keeping a list through Facebook. Um, I have over 400 people right now who would like to be notified when the book is ready. Wow, good for you. My goal goal was for the end of the year. Um, I've been a little sidetracked, but we're still forging ahead with it. It may just be a little later than intended. It will include the recipes, many of the recipes that are on the Facebook page. It will also include some history. It will also include the personal information about the recipes, because that's what everyone tells me I really really enjoy that personal connection. Sure.
0: Well, thanks so much, Laurie. It was really a pleasure. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.